This is a 3CR community radio podcast. And Psychedelia is broadcast every Sunday from 2pm. For more info on anything you hear in the show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Good afternoon, my name is Nick and thank you to Freedom of Species who will be back on your radio next Sunday from 1pm. 3cr.org.au is the place to go if you want to find out more about what Freedom of Species are all about. They are on social media. They also have a podcast, which you can find at the 3CR website, and uh, a website as well. And all of those things you can also find for us, for Encyclopedia. Uh, we do have uh, plenty of stuff on our social media. A lot of what you hear on the program is extended and expanded upon in our social media accounts on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and also on our website where occasionally we, po- uh, we post original content. So please do support us. And if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to make, do get in contact with us. We do love to hear from you. Uh, we uh, do take suggestions. And if you do have some content that you'd like to hear or something that you'd like to tip us off on, please do get in contact On the show this afternoon, a special from the Students for Sensible Drug Policy Australia. Uh, We have multiple people from SSDP. We've got uh, the leader of Swinburne's SSDP chapter, which is just on the way to uh, being set up and and getting running this year. Tim, uh, the communications manager from SSDP Australia, and also uh, Nigel, one of the SSDP Australia members, uh, has spoken to Alice Norville uh, about opiate uh, replacement therapy. Um, It was an interview that he conducted. uh, It's a bit uh, shorter than I think he intended, but we're going to iron through these things. We're going to hear from all all of those uh, people this afternoon, uh, and we're going to be hearing regularly from SSDP Australia about once a month with a special of In Psychedelia. Right now it's time for some subterranean trance-like movements of Afrobeat mashed up with psychedelic guitar lines and scatterings of broken bass. This is Papa Chungo, who are playing right now at Rainbow Serpent Festival out uh, in the Pyrenees Shire. Uh, They're a nine-piece band from Melbourne, and this is Heavy Load on 3CR.
Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Please, fellas, you're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer. Hello, Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you are arrested, you should make a no comment interview. A no comment interview. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You say no, no comment to everything. Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment. Yes, you say no, no comment to everything. Yes, say no, no comment. comment. If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. It's for legal service proudly supporting 3CR. Freedom and safety are two of the most important values shared by our community. As the largest independent human rights organisation for refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre delivers more services on the ground and more free hours of support to where it's needed most. A donation of twenty dollars to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre provides two weeks of food for a family over the holiday season. Please donate now at asrc.org.au or call one three hundred donate. The Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is a proud three CR supporter. 3CR Community Radio 855 AM digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to In Psychedelia this week. We are speaking with the Students for Sensible Drug Policy、uh, Australia. Uh, from people from various different chapters,、uh, Students for Sensible Drug Policy Australia is obviously an umbrella organisation for a number of chapters at various universities.、Um, at the moment, mostly around Victoria, but with plans to expand、uh, around the country,、uh, and I believe some of those are well in the works. But、um, wh- uh, we've got Sam on the line now from Swinburne University of Technology,、uh, and maybe Sam, you can tell us a little bit about how SSDP Swinburne are going. Where are you guys at? Um, hey guys, how's it going? Oh yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> Swimming SSDP.、Um, so Swimming SSDP are really in the、um, the initial stages right now.、Um, so at the moment, we're a group of fifteen、uh, to twenty students getting together,、um, and we're currently going through the process of、um, affiliating with the student union at,、um, on our campus,、um, and just really getting those initial ideas together、um, and starting to talk to the university、um, and various departments about、um, initiatives that. Um, we can get involved in on campus. So we're still、um, a couple of months off the official beginning of、uh, of semester.、Um, I believe March is about start of March is、uh, the first week, or end of February、um, is the first week. So yeah, you, yeah. are you hoping to be、um, set up and recruiting at O Week? Does Swinburne have an O Week? I assume you do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.、Um, so just before the end of February, there will be an O Week,、um, and hopefully we'll have a strong presence there,、um, a stall and stuff,、uh, just chatting to students, getting them involved. Hopefully, signing a few members up and just talking to them about how we can support them、um, and some of the initiatives we plan for the year because、um, it should be a really big year at some end. So,、um, 
just uh, for a bit of context for people out there that might be looking at getting involved in something or starting their own SSDP chapter, when I went out to Swinburne to have the first meeting with Sam and the people on campus there, I was kind of blown away by the fact that there were 15 to 20 people in the room. Like that hasn't that hasn't really happened with any other universities. Usually we've kind of met a few people and slowly got the ball rolling and it's taken a little bit of time. So how did that, how did that come about, Sam? How did you get those 15, 20 people in the room? Because it seemed quite remarkable to us when we rocked up. Um, so I guess, well, the way I found out about SSCP um, and kind of got the swimming ball rolling was I'd seen the articles that had come from uh, Nick and the team over at UniMelb. Um, and a couple of my mates and some others I was working with in the union there had seen them as well. Um, so we were pretty keen at, um, at that point. Um, and I obviously got into contact with um, Ash and the guys at SSDP Australia um, and set up a meeting time. And, yeah, just got everyone um, really excited after seeing the progress that Uni Melbourne had. Um, put the word out on our stalker space uh, Uni Facebook page and, yeah, got a few people along and um, now it's all going well. So what what draw why why are you interested in uh, in drug policy, Sam? What what draws you to this particular issue? Um, well, I'm kind of involved in uh, policy and a bit of politics gen- uh, in general through um, student politics. And, uh, the drug policy is something I'm, I'm passionate about, in particular, um, particularly around um, I guess the misinformation um, and the stigma surrounding drug policy is something I'd love to look at. Um, having a positive impact on. That's something I'd personally like to do through the collective, um, through the, sorry, through SSPP. Um, and, yeah, yeah, just through my personal experiences and wanting to make a difference in education in particular. So this will, I, I assume that um, education and, and maybe developing some resources will be high on uh, Swinburne SSDP's goals, but do you have any other particular goals uh, for the year other than recruiting more members and you know generally getting getting the name out there do you have any projects that you'd really like to get done yeah absolutely um so at swimmen we're in um a really good unique position where we've got a um, excellent health service right in the middle of campus um and they've actually already got a needle um syringe exchange program um set up in the middle of campus um on uni which um i'm not sure too many universities already have. Um, so that presents a good opportunity for us to um, work with them with future projects. For example, um, the pill testing program that University of Melbourne's got going. Um, so we've already been in talks with the health service there um, and we'll be looking at, uh, for 2017, setting up a pill testing um, kit supply through the health service at Swimmen. Very timely, I think, um, and I, I believe there's also hope that we'll be able to surpass uh, just the just the uh, pill testing kits. But you know, it, it's taking a long time. Obviously, we're seeing polit- politicians um, drag their feet on the issue, so it's good to see the uh, SSDP chapters uh, really taking that up uh, as as a core issue uh, and something that they can really do to help, especially um, the younger audiences um, that are going through university and might be just experimenting uh, with drugs, um, despite all those just-say-no messages uh, that don't seem to work. Uh, so that's good news, Sam. Absolutely. Um, so you were also a delegate, I'm not sure if they call it delegates or representative at the National yeah, Union of Students um, conference, National Conference, uh, what was it, just a couple of months ago, and, and they had yeah, um, yeah, some stuff around the pill testing stuff there. Do you want to talk us through what happened there? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, so I went to a three-day conference for the National Union of Students, um, representing Swimmen as a delegate. Um, and at these conferences, um, there's lots of policy discussed across all areas that affect students, um, the big ones, welfare and education. And as part of the welfare um, chapter of the policy, there are a couple of motions um, surrounding um, the um, drugs as a health issue. Uh, one of those motions was to support uh, the rollout of pill testing on campus, such as what's happened at um, University of Melbourne and one or two other universities in Australia and the UK. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to second the motion um, supporting the rollout of pill testing, and that motion actually passed the National Conference. So what that means for students um, and the rest of the in Australia is the, um, the peak representative body of students um, has now recognised that this is um, a step towards the correct approach and are now supporting, um, supporting that approach being taken by student organisations in Australia, which is great. So how many universities does that kind of represent that are potentially on board? Um, there are um, seven universities represented at the National Union of Students and there's um, dozens more nationwide. So a large portion of unions in Australia. Oh yeah, that is big news. Do, do we know? Do we have sort of a timeline on when this will be rolled out, or it's just up to each university now to uh, to work out their own path? Um, partly from each university, and um, partly from the central, I guess, national. Um, so what this means is it's now on their map for 2017 for the welfare officer to get into contact with unions and start rolling it out. Um, kind of centrally and then nationally um, on each campus. Awesome. Well, that's. Uh, it's. I, I mean, it's very good to hear that uh, it, this is being spoken about at a uh, at a national level. Um, that universities are getting on board with this, and that students are, uh, you know, look, looking out, looking out for themselves. Because I think that's 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 really the core point that needs to be reiterated here, time and time again. Because you see people criticise the calls for pill testing. They're like, I don't want my taxpayer money spent on that, and. Over and over again, you have to point out to them, it's not your money. Your money, nobody's asking for your money. Nobody's even asking for your help. They're just asking to please not be arrested, to just let us support ourselves. And it's good to see that this is being um, taken up by uh, so many universities um, across the country. Well, we're really happy to get this reagent pill testing stuff going. I'd like to echo the, um, the statements of SSCP Oz um, on behalf of SSCP Swimmen and say that we'd love the government... Um, the Victorian state government and the federal government to get on board with stronger, more proven measures such as what they have in Europe, like the JCMS and the infrared pill testing, um, both at festivals and on campuses. Sam, thanks for joining us on Psychedelia today. Thanks, guys. Thanks awesome. for having me. Thanks, Sam. I'll just hang on. And if you are a uh, Swinburne student or if you're a student at any university uh, anywhere in Australia, uh, do f- get in touch with Students for Sensible Drug Policy and um, see if you can help out in some way, if that's something that you're passionate about. This is In Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au.
That track from Sydney's Blue Tongue, that's Bending the Narrative, available on Weapon Records, and you can find more of Blue Tongue's music at soundcloud.com forward slash blue tongue dash one. 3CR Community Radio, 855am digital streaming at 3cr.org.au. This is in Psychedelia, speaking with the students from Sensible uh, Drug Policy this week. And right now we have Tim, Communications Officer for SSDP Australia on the line. Tim, how are you doing? Hey, Nick. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, Also quite well. Um, Now, Tim... Uh, you have recently put together, uh, with the help of uh, other members of SSDP Australia, a, a statement uh, that, that covers what SSDP's position is on pill testing, the, the issue of the moment. Can you run us through what um, SSDP Australia has to say about pill testing? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I guess our position, you know, for a while we've been supporting of pill testing services, Um we, we really would hope that state governments or even federal government would introduce comprehensive pill testing services such as um, GCMS testing, um, you know, uh, available really 24-7 would be ideal, you know, available, um, you know, in the CBD or of Melbourne and other cities. Um, but even if not that, to that extent, uh, just at music festivals over the summer. Um, unfortunately, we don't look... Like we're going to see those kind of services introduced anytime too soon by our government. So SSDP's position is that uh, as we work towards you know extensive uh, pill testing services, that we need to take some action in the interim to to reduce the death toll uh, over the summer period and just reduce the amount of harm that we're seeing from people taking ecstasy pills or other pills reporting to be ecstasy. Um, and so. At the moment, reagent testing kits, which are a limited but somewhat effective method of testing drugs to see if they contain harmful adulterant, um, that's kind of the best avenue uh, right now for, for helping drug users better understand what they're taking. So we, uh, we're kind of supporting that in a couple of ways. One is through the University of Melbourne's chapter. We've worked with the student union there to... Um, to implement the provision of free reagent testing kits to students. Uh, that's something we're still working on at the moment, but we're working closely with the student union and the university themselves to get that set up. Um, and the other avenue is to support the Just One Life campaign, which is a, a, a campaign with a number of organisations involved, uh, and that's to provide reagent testing kits to festival goers. So that's something that's still also being worked on to roll out, but we're hoping that'll be a really large effort. And basically, um, yeah, our position is that reagent testing kits don't provide a complete, uh, perfect picture of the drugs that people are taking. They can't give you, you know, to the, to the exact percentage, the contents of a drug, but they can help you identify or rule out the presence of a lot of harmful um, adulterants. So at this stage, we think that they're really worth... Uh, providing for that reason and also for the reason that it can begin a conversation around what harm reduction looks like, what maybe safer drug-taking practices look like. So, yeah, that's why um, just recently we released this statement on pill testing that essentially outlines the position I just described. And you can find the entire position uh, descri- uh, uh, position outline at ssdp.org.au and have a read of it there. Uh, Tim, what other what other things have you got uh, on your on your plate at the moment? Anything else um, that you'd like to to share with us that SSDP Australia are up to? 
Yeah, well, I think we've got we we've got a lot um, coming for the year ahead. Uh, we're hoping to make a really big splash in O Week and a number of universities around the com- uh, the country. And we've got some really great speakers that we're in the works to get speaking at, at some of our um, our universities in in uh, Melbourne and Sydney and other parts of the country. Uh, I think for, for in my role this year, what we're really hoping is to provide a voice to students and young people to talk about their opinions on um, uh, drug law and harm reduction. Um, I really feel that there hasn't been that that place in the media in the past for people to have their students and young people to have their voices heard. So it's just a matter of kind of providing that avenue because I think um, young people are really passionate about, um, a lot of young people are really passionate about drug law reform and feel that, you know, probably have really strong opinions and very, um, I think, are really well educated. That's one of the things where um, we have, like, a younger generation that is kind of, uh, you know, probably had a traditional drug education in school that left them really unsatisfied with what they'd learned. And so they've gone out there and, and you know, um, educated themselves quite well. So I think that's one thing that, you know, often drug users get really dismissed in the media, stigmatised, and I see, especially young people, the idea that, you know, people are taking pills and just kind of not thinking about what's happening to them. I think um, a lot of the time that's not true. People are aware of the risks and they would like, you know, they'd like, uh, you know, to uh, other people to understand that when they're taking drugs, when they're taking ecstasy, that they do so with some understanding of the risks instead of just, you know, blithely... Uh, you know, throwing a, throwing a pill back. So, you, so you're trying to tell me, Tim, that young people aren't a bunch of reckless hedonists that we need to control in every way possible. That, that sounds it's, absurd. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's remarkable that people who are going to university might be quite well educated. Um, <laughs> but yes, that appears to be the situation. Amazing. Uh, Tim, That uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what will be going on with uh, SSDP Australia and the many chapters that are being uh, set up across the country uh, over the year. It sounds like there's a lot of um, exciting plans on the way. Uh, is there anything uh, final you'd like to uh, share with us on the program? Um, just that I think we're at a really critical point uh, right now in time for pill testing services. We're seeing sort of a resistance to it from um, our political leaders, particularly in New South Wales and uh, Victoria. You know, both Daniel Andrews and Mike Beard, although I'm not sure <laughs> now that he's gone, it, it's, uh, it's relevant, but showing strong, strong opposition to pills testing services, saying that they can do- that to allow them would be to condone or even encourage drug use. Uh, and really, it, it might feel, I think, for most people that we're a long way from having pill testing services implemented, but I actually think um, that with overdoses and drug-related deaths being, I think they're really being seen by the public more. They're more in the public eye. And I think, you know, as these things come more into the public eye, it puts a lot of pressure on our political leaders to do something. And I think people are are maybe going to get to the point where they feel like, you know, they start to realise that being tougher on drugs or whatever you want to call it isn't really working. And, And that's when the public will be more open to something like, pill testing services, and that'll force our politicians to really consider it too. So I would say it's a really important time to to support pill testing if that's something you want, to sign your name to a petition or to start to talk to your friends and family about, you know, the value of it. Tim is, Tim is the communications officer at SSDP Australia, and Tim, thank you very much for joining us on Insychedelia this afternoon. Thanks, Nick.
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Uh, now, Ash, there are some other activities that SSDP is getting involved with uh, in just a couple of days. We're nearly at the end of January already. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be uh, team captain for the SSDP Australia team for FebFast this year. And for anybody that hasn't heard of FebFast, can you give us a quick rundown on what so FebFast, FebFast is? So FebFast started... Um, um, several years ago, I'm not sure exactly how many, and it's essentially a, a post-festival uh, season, end of January. Instead of a lot of people start their New Year's resolutions on January, and they don't really work very well. So Febfast is um, it's a challenge for people to uh, give up alcohol, drugs, sugar technology, something that they want to maybe take a break from, and people sponsor them. And the money uh, goes towards services such as um, the Youth Social and uh, Advocacy Service, YSAS, and other youth support services around the country. Um, and it's actually a pretty effective charity in the sense of delivering uh, the, the money straight to programs. Um, like I think it's something like only 11% or something gets chewed up in administration. So it's really a way for people to do something healthy um that their little catch line is uh pause for a cause this february so i'm going to be giving up all drugs and alcohol um possibly meat as well we do have freedom of species on between us each (laughs) uh, on before us each week and i do listen sometimes (laughs) i I was a vegetarian for three years so i I wouldn't mind giving that a a go again and i have actually done feb fast before and and by the by the third week i was feeling so healthy and productive that i just started giving up more things mm. so i'm going to jump straight in this year you are welcome to join our team or to support us oh thanks um <laughs> you can do that by going to febfast.org.au and search for the ssdp australia team or just search for my name ash blackwell as team captain and um yeah we'd love to have you on board if you want to challenge yourself and raise some funds or if you want to sponsor our team i think i was doing febfast it must have been about two or three years ago as well and i noticed a very similar thing my even my diet changed. Um, I I was just no alcohol because I uh, tend to be one of those people that has has a beer when I get home from work, um, which is not not necessarily a great thing on my health. But um, yeah, did Feb fast and was feeling great by the end of it. So I think think I might join your team and uh, throw some oh, money excellent. money that way. Um, even right. though I'm not a student, I'm. Uh, oh, that's okay. You don't need to be, to be a, a you don't need to be a, a student to help raise funds for um, exactly. You know the funds really go towards youth support stuff, and regardless of what policy framework we have around drug use in society, this is the kind of thing that would be needed regardless. Um, there's always going to be a potential in a free society that some people will have problems with substance use, or they may have just difficult like life circumstances. You know, history of trauma, whatever is going on for them, mental I'm, health. Problems, and this really, this money um, from Febfast really goes straight towards those frontline services. Very worthy cause indeed. And if you want any more information, uh, head to the SSDP Australia uh, social media pages or, as uh, as Ash mentioned, febfast.org.au and look uh, for the SSDP Australia team. You're listening to Encyclopedia on 3CR. Another Sydney artist for you now. This is Glitch Hopper. Goosebumps, who's also playing at Rainbow Serpent Festival. You can find him on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Goosebumps. That's with a Z. And this is from the Zenith EP. It's Zenith on Encyclopedia. 
and Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855am digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. My name is Nick and this is the Students for Sensible Drug Policy special. The next section uh, you're going to hear is part of a webinar, webinar that was conducted uh, by... SSDP Australia. Uh, SSDP.org.au is the place to go if you want to have a watch of the, or listen, I should say, to the full webinar. Uh, it is up on YouTube right now. And this one was with Dr. Dr. Monica Barrett and Will Tregoning from Unharm. Dr. Monica Barrett is uh, from NDARC, the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre. Um, just a small section talking a little bit about uh, the... Darknet, and also a little bit about Melbourne University's uh, pill testing. Yeah, campaign to distribute reagent kits to students, um, which is something that SSDP has been doing over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've got um, spoke to David Pennington the other day, and he said local police are usually quite open to the ones to work, mm. are the ones that little work with people who are, you know, wanting to test drugs. Um, it's the slightly higher up ones that might oppose, particularly if they um, have to front up to the media about it. Um, so working with police at a community level and beginning to build relationships with them somewhat quietly can be effective as a comment there. Mm. Yeah, and I think... Um, mm. um, um, sorry, you go, sorry, you go, Oh, it was just um, like right at the beginning of the chat window, people were talking about the law enforcement against prohibition. And I know that that's something that Greg Denham has been looking at trying to set up in Australia for a little while and has been a big advocator of that and, you know, was working um, with a few people on that. And, I mean, that could be a fantastic way to get um, police on board with a pill testing campaign and that sort of thing. So I think that there are things, you know, going on in the mix there or things, you know, um, certainly allies on that other side of the fence. Hey, hey, Monica and Will. Thanks, first of all, so much for Hi. being here tonight. And um, this is really fantastic, and I'm really inspired. And um, yeah, just really feel it's so. I've heard about you guys before. I think Monica very briefly met you at um, Colin Heartland's uh, event. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, but yeah, great to meet right. you, Will, and hear hear your voice. Um, so I, I've been involved with um, the Uni Meld effort, and it's kind of like it started off with just you know, oh, we can do this in a day, you know, it's, we've got all the support, and we've realized over the last couple of months, um, you know, take this slow, and we need to take this slow and do it right, and one of the things was that we, because it was passed with the union support, we thought, you know, we can do this without the uni, and we, we were willing to do that um, if, you know, if, if necessary, if the uni was going to oppose to us, and they sent a letter to the union um, about about a week ago, just saying we have some concerns. We really think you should address them before you you um, start handing out the kits. And you know, oh. I kind of felt like that was maybe an opposed to what we were doing. But just a conversation we had with um, the union lawyer the other day, who seems to be somewhat in contact with uni, it, it actually seems like those concerns that they've that they've um, brought up. That if we address those, that they're going to be really much more positive about it. And we're going to sit down with them in the next week or two. Um, but it's kind of been one of those things where um, there's been resistance. We feel there's been resistance the last week through, but it hasn't been ideological resistance. It's just resistance about the reputation of the university. You know, they really care about, and um, and and so we've slowed down. And um, but we think that if we 
set it up right over the next couple of weeks and get our relationship really um, very positive with Melbourne Uni, um, that next year it'll allow us to do a lot of other things in the space um, of Melbourne Uni that we're really hoping. We want you know academics and staff at the university to be able to speak more freely um, about you know their opinions on drug law reform and on, on testing, and because I feel at the university that there are a lot of academics who support it, but don't yet feel that the university would have their back or, or you know that their jobs are completely secure by doing so. So we really hope that by working with the university um, over the next couple of weeks, that next year, that'll start to create that environment where if academics want to speak out more openly and support, that they'll feel um, safe. To to do so, and then also maybe working with the university to, um, we're hoping that they'll adopt a harm reduction policy. Um, so we're really going to lobby them for next year. So yeah, it has been slowed down a bit in the last few weeks, but actually I think it's been, um, it's yeah, it's because the opportunities are actually bit bigger than when we first started. Tim pretty much uh, summed it up. I spoke to Nick earlier in the week. Um, I think it's fantastic that. You know, it, it's roadblocks right now for what we want to do, but I think the implications of, of really doing it properly and working with the uni are going to, you know, benefit us and, and the cause, you know, and, and us being able to make it happen within other universities. Seeing the different responses that we've had from, from various unis, like I've been quite involved speaking to the Deakin Uni Health Service that actually is really... Um, you know, keen to be able to distribute kits, and and it's interesting from different unis, different faculties, and different parts of the university are, are interested. So it's not just the student union; it's not just the students. Like it's coming from all different aspects of different unis. So it's been really interesting to just kind of see how it's panning out, and we don't even know how it's panning out. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Do you know, ideally, you're imagining. Sorry. Oh, I was just thinking about a time frame because there was a bit of a pause on um, getting the kids delivered and then the date of which they would actually be um, physically handed out. Um, so is I'm not sure if that's sort of if there's more progress with that or if there's been like a date finalised or anything like that um, so far. I think, I, sorry, I think Tim, Tim's just I left for a Oh, he did, okay. Um, I don't know an actual date because every time Nick goes to these meetings, I know it just gets pushed back. So I don't think they've they've actually set a date because it'll probably just get pushed. I I know obviously they're very keen to get them out before uni breaks up, um, while there are students still on the campus, obviously. So um, yeah, we're we're obviously Hello, helping. Oh, there he is. Do you know a date, Tim? I definitely can't give an exact date, unfortunately. I'd um, love to be able to do that. We, yeah, it's. I think sitting down with the uni is the in the next week is gonna. That's basically gonna. You know, the, when we do that, we'll know. Um, because we'll we'll see how how significant their concerns are and how quickly um, we can respond to those. In terms, I think a lot of it is just about its reputation. So it's just about like we've already done the work. Work till they, you know, um, explain the kit's limitations, and you know we've done as much as we can to um, minimise reputational risk for ourselves and and risk for the people using the kits. Um, so it's more just going to be about assuring the university that we've done all that and showing them what we've done, and also um, 
yeah, maybe just talking with them about ways that they, you know, that we um, communicate with the media so that it minimizes any, um, yeah, reputational damage to them. And, you know, hopefully it can be framed even in a way that enhances their reputation. And we, we want to present yeah. that to them as, you know, this is you, this is a, a world first or close to it. And, um, you know, Melbourne University wants to be a leader in a number of ways. This, is, this should be a really great way to do that. Just wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about your research on the darknet stuff, Monica, um, crypto markets and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, most of the research that I do in, you know, my, my total research uh, that I'm doing is, you know, doing surveys with people who use drugs, but also doing interviews with people who use drugs. Um, you know, that's the bulk of the stuff I do, so I guess it's sort of social science research. Uh, and so with, with the darknet, um, you know, that was sort of five years ago when Silk Road first, first came online and I was first aware of it. And so it was one of those things that I just got onto really quickly. We threw some questions together, put them in the Global Drug Survey, I'm also a core member of the Global Drug Survey. Uh, and so we got kind of surveys out, I guess, when, you know, in 2012, um, so 12 months, 12 to 18 months after Silk Road was first online. So we've sort of been at that at that point and you know, every year putting out those darknet uh, questions in, in Global Drug Survey. So some of the stuff we've been able to do just recently, we um, published, a, um, actually it's still free, we've got two months of our special issue of a journal which we negotiated with the publisher would be freely available. So I can send that link, maybe I'll put that link up for you guys um, in a moment. But um, yeah, basically the stuff we were doing there um, was, it's kind of an obvious question. If you're going to buy drugs online versus in person, you know, you're going to be able to avoid issues around violence or issues around sort of safety and concerns for your personal safety that some people might have in approaching, especially dealers, uh, unknown stranger type dealers. So, so we measured that in the survey. But what was actually quite surprising was that not only was... Um, you know, buying drugs from the crypto markets or the dark net, you know, reported as safer than buying drugs for strangers. It was also reported as safer than buying drugs from friends and known dealers, in that people that were buying from friends and known dealers reported more instances of kind of feeling unsafe. So, you know, that, that was kind of interesting. So we had this paper called Safer Scoring, question mark, <laughs> um, Safer Scoring from, from going online. Um, we also did some work with... Um, interviewing people who use drugs who had used Silk Road uh, and just sort of asking them about the trajectory of drug use. So had they tried new drugs on Silk Road? Had they kind of escalated their drug use when, when starting to use Silk Road because it was sort of more available? And we kind of found there was a bit of a honeymoon effect to people would discover Silk Road and yeah, they'd go a bit crazy for a few months, um, but that would tend to ease down. So it was very few examples in our data where people would, you know, discover Silk Road and then you know, then they were crazy addicted for, and they were in trouble. But I think people tended to settle down, I guess, after the honeymoon into a, a, a more sort of um, a reasonable pattern of, of drug use. So, so there's a couple of the things we've done recently. And the other thing we've been trying to do is using the darknet markets as a way of discovering when, when new drugs become available, some of the newer research chemicals, that sort of thing. So really just monitoring, monitoring them. I don't do that kind of research, some of my colleagues do where they're, they're literally going on every couple of days um, either scraping automatically 
using scrape, web scrapers or, or doing some other techniques to sort of detect when totally new substances are put up for sale and then using that as sort of a monitoring, a way of monitoring the sort of uh, new drugs markets. So yeah, so I'm really interested in that scene. I mean, you know, the other stuff that's great about it is, is the harm reduction potential of actually outreaching to people who are, um, you know, using using these markets. So many of you might have heard of Dr. X, who was the um, Fernando Cordovilla, the Spanish doctor, um, who, you know, took it upon himself to go into the Silk Road forums and put a thread up saying, you know, I'm, I'm a medical doctor, ask me anything. And so there's been, you know, these great examples of, I guess, you know, what would be um, street outreach, street outreach, except it's it's actually in the dark net. So I think that's a, a fantastic development to be able to sort of take health professionals, public health professionals, put them in that environment and make it easier for people who can not, you know, we talked about coming out earlier, a lot of people don't want to talk to their doctor about this stuff, you know, they, they want to be able to talk to someone totally anonymous. So, um, you know, I think that's a, a great area where we can, we can make some, we can really help people there as well. So yeah, there's, there's lots going on with the dark net. I mean, you know, obviously it intersects with pill testing. Um, and in our survey, we actually asked people, where do you find out about the contents of your drugs? Firstly, do you try and find out? And we had 90% of our sample say that they did, at least in some way, try to find out what the contents of their drugs were. Um, around 12, 15% talked about dark net as a way of finding out. So these are people going on the dark net, obviously getting information through the listings as well as through um, through the forums about you know how pure that particular listing was uh, etc. So um, you know I think there is that intersection between these two issues that you know um, is quite interesting as well. Dr. Monica Barrett on the SSDP webinar. You can find more at ssdp.org.au. And if you do want to get in touch with them or get uh, involved, if you're at university, then certainly do get in touch with them, ssdp.org.au, and they're also on the social media. We will be back next week uh, with some reports from Rainbow Serpent Festival, which we're actually at right now, uh, but that's that's a you know magic of radio secret. Uh, we'll be back then. Queering the Air is up next on 3CR. Enjoy your afternoon. We'll see you next week. See you later. This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website. 3cr.org.au and head to the In Psychedelia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. In Psychedelia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, DirectLine provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236. In Psychedelia, we'll be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. You've been listening to a 3CR community radio podcast of In Psychedelia. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.